Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast. On today's episode, we have Robert Feast with Robert Feast Insurance Agency. How are you doing today, Robert? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. That is awesome. Great to have you here today. It's great to be here. So, so what's new? What's been going on recently? Oh, all kinds of stuff going on. Really? Like, like come on, you got to be more specific than that. Well, uh, writing a whole bunch of new business, meeting a whole bunch of new clients because of the networking groups I'm in. Uh, went to uh, a thing for the IBAW last week and uh, met uh, Governor Scott Walker and uh, all the other uh, candidates. So that was a good time. And I actually uh, had a couple of microphones stuck in my face from Channel 4 and 6. And they interviewed me for about uh, 15 minutes, and uh, I was on the air for about six seconds when they finally it's brought funny, it It's funny how that works. Uh, we're going to be on the air or on the podcast for about you know, in 20, 30 minutes, and uh, you'll get the full 20, 30 minutes. Mm. Okay, so I'm not going to cut you down to uh, six minutes. Well, I can go for like four or five hours uh, if you'd yeah, like. Yeah, it's, it's, i got to get home tonight. The wife is going to be asking for me pretty soon here. So. Oh. Oh. So you, you mentioned networking. So I want to bring that up here because I know that's a big topic and then that's something that I've been very passionate about this year and that's how I met you. And you know, how has that really impacted uh, your business and your relationships? You know, can you give a little couple of little tips or hints on that? Well, for the most part, um, a lot of my business comes from the different networking groups that I've been in over the course of the last 15 years. Uh, I've met some, uh, some clients that I've had ever since I started in the networking groups. Um, one of them that I've been involved in is the Brookfield Chamber of Commerce, where, where we met. And uh, I've been involved with the Chamber of Commerce now for about four years. And uh, I was there for a year or so, and then they asked me to be a new member engagement partner when they launched that program. And uh, then they asked me to be on the board of directors, and uh, I accepted. And it's been uh, it's been a great experience. Met a lot of nice people through the chamber. Yeah, so I've, so have I. It's really changed my outlook this year and, and, and what I've been doing and, and new relationships. And uh, it's been really very helpful for, for me as well. Well, a lot of times you, you'll go to a networking uh, after work thing and you won't know anybody. And you feel like a fish out of water. And, yeah. Uh, you're standing there in a corner and, you know, you, you look around and you see... 55 groups of six people talking to each other and no one's paying any attention to you. And that's why the Brookfield Chamber uh, has been a, a great resource for me because everyone in that organization is very family-oriented. Family I mean, it's, it's like a gigantic family. And any new member that comes to one of the events, you know, they're, uh, they're walked around, they're introduced to everybody, and it's just a really good friendly atmosphere and that's what's really important about networking that's what and, i like and it's it's a lot of fun that that group is right. is a, is a really a lot of fun i mean it's just i've had some new guests there today or not personally but sat next to them and i'm last time i said ask them what do you think and they're like this is really cool you know compared to some of the events that you you go to and some it can be pretty dry well yeah you walk into some of these and people are like oh who is that <laughs> <laughs> who is this person <laughs> so yeah it, it, it's it's a very welcoming group of people and you don't have to worry about feeling like you're going to be left out because you won't be you won't that's for that's for sure so you do insurance so talk about that a little bit and you know was that something that you've always wanted to do or you know you know ever since i was uh in grade school i always wanted to be an insurance, insurance agent no doubt really no, 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 not at all. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when I graduated high school, I uh, my my driving motivation was to be in a uh, heavy metal band, and and I was for a few years. And uh, so, so what's your favorite uh, heavy metal band? Uh, I probably have to say it's 
Probably Judas Priest. Judas Priest? Yeah. Uh, Motorhead. Motorhead, yeah. yeah. Okay. People so, would find that very odd that, that I would like that kind of music, but I but I do. So so now I'm envisioning you with the mullet. Oh, yeah. I had a mullet. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And I had a lot more hair back then, oh, too. Much so. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, interesting times. And then uh, I uh, got engaged, and uh, my fiance demanded that I stop the rock and roll band. Just wasn't like, handing out for no, uh, yeah. not for her, and yeah. uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the life she wanted me to uh, drag you, her into. Did so. you did you play in any like uh, big uh, venues around the Milwaukee area? We played uh, a lot of the places that have long since been what, closed. What's that, uh, that place over on Silver Spring? Was that the T J T A Vern? We played at T A Vern. We played at Rock City. We played at Ryan's Rock Club in Cedarburg. Fantasies. Um, a lot of lot of the normal places that. Rock bands would play at, and we had we had a great time doing it. Did and, you ever uh, get to the rave? Or um, no, we never paid the rave. Okay, uh, it was the Eagles Club back then. That's right. They Eagles didn't Club even have the rave back rave. then. But. What, was, what was the name of your band? Tease. Tease. Yeah, it wasn't my idea. Don't but, no. <laughs> <laughs> so from there to insurance, uh, right? Or forced to get a job? Well, no, actually, I went from there to uh, stand up comedy, and uh, that's when I met. You're, my, you're bullshit. No, I, uh, no, I'm not. I, I did stand up comedy for about two years. And uh, I had some pretty good success with it. I, okay. You know, and, uh, I, could, I could see that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, there was one time when there was a, an old lady in the crowd just screaming, you stink, get off the stage, you're horrible. She kept saying all the way through the whole set. And finally I just said, Mom, enough. So <laughs> they had escorted her out. But uh, no, and then I, uh, my, my new wife, um, she decided that I wasn't funny. So... Uh, I had to stop doing stand-up comedy. So then she said, I suggest you, uh, you know, get back into the insurance business and really kind of focus on that. And that's, w- when did that start? Uh, 1995 is when I actually okay. started in the All insurance right. business. I started at an agency down in Whitefish Bay, uh, working as an agent down there, and then uh, the business got sold, and then uh, I decided to go off on my own and hang my own shingle up here in Elm Grove, and uh, I've been doing it ever since in the same building. So, really? Yeah. Well, that's really cool. So what would have been some of your challenges, you know, when you got started to from what you have now? I imagine there's been a lot of changes in the insurance industry between 95 and 2018. Oh, yeah, there's been a lot of changes. And one of the, the biggest challenges every insurance agent has is that where do you get your leads from? And, you know, you start with your hot market, you know, your family, your friends, your relatives, um, your neighbor. Um, and uh, then after that dries up, then it's it's go time. You got to find new it's time ways. To get serious, yeah. yeah, and you got to find new ways in new markets, um, and that's where the networking groups come in. You know, I mean, that's what's really been good for me is networking groups, and I've been in networking groups for fifteen years, and uh, that's where a great source of new business comes from. And you know, the 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 more you introduce yourself to people. And the more you expose yourself to, well, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Never mind. Let me back that. Let me walk that back. The more you, the more you uh, go to meet people at networking events without exposing yourself, right, right, because that's that wouldn't be good. But uh, the more you do that, uh, the more you're going to run into people that will say, you know, why don't you uh, take a look at my stuff? And uh, and you know what? I'd imagine that takes time. That's not going to happen. In a week, it's not going to happen over a month. No, and, and in fact, when I was in the Brookfield Chamber, um, it took a while to get things rolling. It, in fact, it took me 
about a year to write my first piece of business in the chamber. And the first person I wrote was the lovely and talented Miss Judy Murphy. Oh, there you go. And, uh, you know, I, I saved her a whole bunch of money. And uh, she told everybody. And when she told everybody, like, you know, the old the old expression, when, when, when Judy speaks, everybody yeah, listens. Everybody listens, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Judy's been great for me. She's just been in my corner. She's been my marketing person. And uh, she's just been my rock, quite frankly. Uh, anything I need or any any questions I have or any struggles I go through, she's always there to be a good sounding board for me. She's yeah, that's wonderful awesome. to yeah, deal with. Yeah, it really is like that. And we, we were talking about the Brookfield Chamber of Commerce. So if you're interested in learning more about that, go back to episode 13. Uh, me and Carol White have a great conversation about culture and relationships. So, I mean, you know, that's a really cool Really cool episode. So um, go check that out if you're interested in more about the Brookfield Chamber and, and networking, because it is key. What are some of the tools that uh, keep you on track and you on a day to day basis? You know, besides the bourbon. Well, yeah, there is the there is the bourbon. <laughs> the that, bourbon. <laughs> that I usually use at night okay. to, oh, to that, unwind. unwind. Oh, okay. Yeah, never in the morning because then I would be argumentative and uh, irritating to most people. But uh, when I get home, I just have to be argumentative and irritating to my wife. So there you go. She does not mind that, but uh, she's used to it. But um, as far as the tools that I use, um, well, one of the biggest tools that I use is the telephone. You know, I'm, I'm always on the phone constantly. And, uh, you know, you can't, they always say you can't make money sitting in the office. And that's relatively true. Um, you have to go out and you have to find the business because the business doesn't always find you. So you've got to go out and you've got to find the business and then you've got to bring it in and you've got to process it. And, you know, I've got uh, Gary who works in my office. He's just uh, incredible. He's, uh, he's a guy that uh, I can really rely on. When I'm out in the field, he's always in the office. So, uh, and that's the other thing is that one of the most important things that I've learned is it's all about service. Um, you can sell anybody anything, but if you don't back it up with great service, it's not going to last long. And that's I've, had, true. That's true. I've had clients in my office since I opened my doors in 1995. Not because my prices are always the lowest in town, but because the service that I give them and the personal attention that I give them, you know, it, it's very important to them. You know, people value that. And you can't get that when you're spending 15 minutes on the phone trying to get a quote and save yourself 15% or more. It doesn't always work that way. No. It ain't 15 minutes, no. and you normally you don't save 15%. No, and and I, I heard that you you build walls. I do. I build walls of protection around you, your family, your business. Pets. That's what I do. Pets and pets. I do pet do insurance pets as well. Insurance? well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, any anything that can possibly be insured, that's what I do. People ask me that all the time. What do you? What kind of insurance do you have? I have all of it. You have you all know? of it. I have all of it. Do you do anything from business to personal to business, life? personal, auto, home, life. Uh, long-term care. So is Jeff still working with you today? Did you keep him? Yeah, I decided to let you keep him on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. There was an issue earlier today. We won't go too much into that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see what here. Nobody steals my 30 no, seconds. Oh, I saw that, yes. Uh, so what, who's, who were, who's been some of your best mentors or greatest mentors along the way? Well, I, I, will, I will say that it has been uh, – I've had a lot of great mentors along the way. One of them, believe it or not, uh, Steve Babowski from uh, Dale Carnegie. I've taken several of his classes. Um, he uh, he really he sets the stage a lot for um, things that uh, you need to focus on when you're dealing with people. I mean, that's one of the things that Dale Carnegie really stresses is 
how you interact with people and how they interact with you. And uh, so I'd say he's been a good mentor for me. Um, Judy Murphy, yeah. you know, I, I'll say it again. I, I can't say it enough. You know, she uh, she's like my uh, my uh, spelling Nazi. I mean, if oh, I you tell me about it, I misspelled <laughs> something on Facebook the other day, and I get an email with a spell check. It was in five minutes. I, 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 I yeah, I updated my my LinkedIn profile the other day to add the uh, Brookfield Chamber Board of Directors, and I spelled it directors, D I E R, and uh, she just I, I wasn't five minutes. And she sent me an email. Are you so, kidding me right now? I'm it, like, it amazes me. She's more on social media than my kids are. Well, I, I think that it's actually uh, inside of her head. And I don't think she goes to the internet at all. I think it's, it's just, built in. Is it built in? She's it's got hardwired. That, she's got right. the chip in there? She does. She has the chip in. She's, oh uh, she's great. So she always, uh, she's always there for a sounding board. And, and uh, whenever I need ideas about different ways to market, you know, she's the... Uh, She's the lady that helps me out with that. So she That's does a cool. Great job. So uh, if you could go back, go back in time, jump back in your time machine, starting off your business, what advice would you give to your younger self? What advice? Don't work so much. I mean, I, when I first started, I was working literally 13, 14 hours a day. And that's what you have to do when you, when you start your own business. There's just, it's nonstop hours. You know, you got to work. Every day you got to be, you know, available 24 hours a day. You got to be available on weekends, and uh, sometimes you get lost in it all, you know. And, and you and you focus so much on work that you you uh, you lose track of, of your family and your, and your kids. And, and uh, you know, it's I always say, I'll tell you what, I'll uh, I'll be home this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, stay off your phone though. So no, as far as uh, what I would say to my younger self, you know, uh, just. Focus. Stay focused on on uh, what you need because, you know, it's good to have a goal. You know, and if if I could do anything, I would I would probably set goals and actually write them down. You know, when you're first in the any kind of sales business, they always say, "Where do you envision yourself? Write down your goals. Write them down and hang them on your wall." Well, my handwriting is so crappy that I wouldn't want to hang anything of mine on on the wall, but. They always say, you know, put the put the notes in front of you and and follow them. And I never did that. I always kind of did it by uh, off the cuff. But I think being organized is an important thing. I've learned to become more organized now, but I wasn't very organized back in the early days. So that's one piece of advice I'd give myself would be get focused, get organized, keep lists. That's another thing. I'm writing lists all all the time. Um, in fact, I, in fact, I found a list from uh, May under a stack of papers on my desk that I had to do. Did you do that list, or did you still have Actually, to do I, it? Actually, I, uh, I did probably nine out of the ten. There you go. Yeah. The other one was water the flowers, and I, I didn't, and yeah. now they're all dead. So, all right, let's see here wherever you're at here. You got me going here. Oh, my goodness. All right, so what's one of the funniest things that ever happened to you in your business? You know, whether it's a claim or, you know, don't name names, but, uh, you know, what is, you know, I, I see these commercials, I don't know whether it's freaking Allstate or whatever it is, you know, what is something that's really been funny or something that happened? Claims are not funny. Claims are not funny? No. No? No. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose if you no. have to file a claim, typically they're not funny. All right, I take that back. Actually, <laughs> uh, I will tell you that. All right, the strangest one. All right, All right. the strangest one. Uh, one of my elderly clients was on a boat 
and uh, he dropped his teeth in um, Lake Nababin. And uh, next day he called me and he said, hey, Robert, I'd like to file a claim about... <laughs> so actually, he wanted to file a claim for losing his teeth in the lake. And I said, well, you better go try and find him because that kind of thing's not covered. Not covered. So, yeah, so I don't know. That, that was kind of an interesting claim, but, uh, you know, believe it or not, it, it actually happened. And it was... Uh, I won't name names. No name names. No, no don't no. do that. Don't do that. So uh, being in your, in your field and being in an ins- insurance, what are, what are like three to five things that, you know, someone should know about you and why they come? I know you said a, a few of those before, just let me remind the audience, you know, you know, why come Robert Face Agency? You know, I understand you got the, the, the customer service and you cover everybody, you know, but highlight that a little bit for me. Well, a couple of things that sets me apart. Uh, there are two kinds of insurance agents. There's direct writers and there's independent agents. A direct writer has one company. Um, an independent agent has anywhere from three to 50 companies. Currently, I have about 20 companies that I deal with on a regular basis. I have other companies that I can go to if I can't find insurance for some certain risk uh, so I can go to a uh, surplus lines carrier for that. But normally, when it comes down to it, people will call me because um, their policy went up and or their agent retired and uh, they don't like the new guy. Um, but what sets me apart, basically, is that I'm an independent agent. So um, I can look through all my companies, find someone the, the best coverage uh, for the best price based on their individual needs. What kind of cars they have? What kind of house they have? Do they have a rental property? Do they need an umbrella? I mean, I go through everything with everybody, and I kind of go over everything. And most people that I come across, they have no idea what their limits are right now. Uh, they have no idea because no one's ever explained it to them. People, uh, people want to buy insurance like they're going to the store to buy uh, a 12-pack of Diet Coke. They want to find the lowest price. It doesn't always work that way because the lowest price isn't always – the best thing for you. Um, people buy insurance for one reason, so that if something happens, it's going to be covered. And if you don't have the right coverage, it's not going to be covered. Or it's going to be covered somewhat, but not fully. So that's one of the things that I do is I, I do a, an analysis of people and I, and I go over their, their current coverages. And that's one thing I really like doing because, you know, I take for granted that uh, all the knowledge that I have about insurance. But then I realize that I'm only about 15% of the population. The rest of them have no clue about insurance because they hate insurance. They know they have to have it, but they don't like paying for it. They don't like it, and they don't understand it, which is why they don't like it. And they don't want to use it. And they don't want to Well, but, do, but, 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 but when they want to use it, they want to make sure that they have a deductible that's not going to be a $10,000 deductible yeah. or something crazy. You know? So you know, it's one thing that I like is, is going over everybody's policy and explaining things to them and finding out that they had no idea what they had, and they had no idea what they should have. So it sounds like you're educating them what right. what they have. So I mean, right. that, that's key. Educating people is is a very important in my line of work, and and making sure that you know when they come to me and they've got a uh, a twenty five fifty limit policy and they own a house and uh, and a rental property, that's obviously not where they should be. So and it doesn't really cost that much to bump your coverages up. And especially when you're when you're dealing with 20 different companies and you can find all different kinds of price points and different kinds of niches with every different company. Um, Is it so. worthwhile to, I guess, um, you know, and, and, and this is because I don't know, 
Um, I have all my insurance with one company. Is it worthwhile to, are you going to get a discount? Is it better to have everything under one uh, company versus spread out through four or five or six? Well, in a perfect world, it's always best to package it in one company. But sometimes you've got a really nice house in Brookfield, but your driving record, you know, you've got three accidents and an OWI. You're not going to be in the same company that's doing your home. You're going to be in a, a surplus lands company or a company like Progressive. Yeah. And uh, so th- when I have to split up a risk, I will. But when I can package up a risk in one in one package policy, I do because that it gives you the best discounts and it makes the ease of doing business so much easier when you get one company, one bill, as opposed to some of the companies, if you have five cars, you have five separate policies. Then you add your home on top of that, and then your umbrella, and then your jet ski, and then your boat, and then before you know it, you've got 12 different policies coming to it 12 different times, and you're getting a bill every two weeks. And people don't like that. People no, they, like simplicity. And you know, and that's, that's really key when you talk about being an independent agent that you are, you have the ability to do that versus going to this one over to, to decide here where that's what you're going to get. Right. And that's it. Right. And that's true because if you're a direct writer, all you have is one company. I won't name names. but right. No name names. Yeah. No name names. I, I almost did, but I, 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 know. I, I, I you, you caught yourself. I, I caught myself. You caught yourself. So we're, we're going to jump back into the time machine. Okay. All right. Uh, take me by, back when you said, wow, I'm really making a difference, whether it be in your job, business, personal life. You know, when was that point that you're like, you know, hey, I'm really, I'm, I'm doing something? Well, I would say that, you know, I, I doing the, the job that I have, the career that I chose, when you can actually take someone's insurance policy and uh, go over it with them and explain everything to them so that they finally get it, you know, and they understand it, that's a great thing. But when you take that knowledge that they now have and you can save them seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a year... You're an absolute hero. Uh, you are. You know? yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you can give people better coverages for less money, people really love that. And that's when you're really making a difference, especially when you're, you're taking somebody who's got a very inferior and inadequate policy and, uh, and changing it and, and making it into a, uh, a policy where directly based upon their current situation. Uh, and giving them a, a great value for a policy and saving the money that's even better. And, you know, and that's what I call doing transactions versus building relationships right. and educating. And that, right. that, that's okay. I, I do that in just about everything I do. It's like you can do as many transactions as you want, but that's that's not going to last long and you're going to burn out. But if you build those relationships, you're constantly going to come back and you're going to get referred. Right. I've never considered myself a transactional insurance agent because, you know, there's a lot of insurance agents that, that they get in the business and uh, they make their money, and then they disappear. And they never return their phone calls. And uh, they never call people back. They, they never uh, are around when people call them. You know, and, and that's one thing I really like about my job is when people do call me. Because during a crisis, you know, if I'm there to take care of that crisis, um, that's when I really shine. And that's what it's really all about. And that's what gives me a really, that warm, fuzzy feeling when, when someone calls me when their, you know, their garage started on fire or their car got totaled or, you know, they hit a deer, you know. The first question I always ask is, are you okay? And, you know, that's an important thing and people want to hear that. They want to hear that you're concerned about them. And the next thing they want to hear is, it's covered, you know. 
So that's that's always been my slogan when I started. Relax, we've got you covered. We got you covered. And that's that's you know and, and I'm never afraid to answer my phone because when I go through someone's policy, I'll point out the 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 things that they're missing. I'll point out the things they have too much of. Um, if they're overinsured, I'll tell them. If they're underinsured, I'll definitely tell them. But I'm never afraid to answer the phone because when someone needs to file a claim, chances are pretty good. I, I, I've really got it taken care of for them. So I don't have to worry and I don't have to hide from people when they, when they want to file a claim. You know? So that's, that's important to me. And that's, that's what's making a difference for me is that you know, when people use their insurance, people don't want to use their insurance. They, they want to just pay their bill and forget about it. But if they need to use their insurance, they want to make sure that it is something that they have got that's done correctly. And that all becomes like, you know, when, when I hear you, what you're talking, Robert, is that starts in the beginning. That doesn't start in the middle or end. Obviously, you make adjustments along the way, but that all begins up front and understanding what their needs and making sure they get what they want. Well, yeah, and, and up front, let's say that it's, it's just somebody who just got off their parents' policy and, and they, they have a 1984 Nova that they want to insure. Well, then, you know, it's, it's a liability-only policy and, you know, lower limits are okay for something like that. But, you know, when someone buys a new car, that changes everything. When someone gets married, that really changes everything. When they buy a house, that changes everything. So people... Uh, you know, people, um, they, their needs change and the situations change, and that's when you have to adapt. So let me, let me ask you this. You know, that's, that's a good point that you brought up. So the average individual, how often should they be, I guess, contacting you to, I guess, get an update of where they're at or uh, if there's any changes in, or made or is there some kind of, like, formula go, hey, so when they call you to, you know, when, when's the kind of good rule to, uh, you know, say, hey, is it every six months? Is it once a year? Or is it in case something happens? You know, I mean, what, what are the key points that they, hey, I need to call and see if I need to make some adjustments or get renewed? Well, everybody leads busy lives and everybody's got their own thing going. You know, and I get that. But people have really come a, become accustomed to the fact that when something changes, they need to call me right away. And they, they, they get that. So if they... If their, you know, their son gets his license, you know, they need to call me. If they change a vehicle, they need to call me. Uh, if, they, if they refinance their house, they need to call me. People pretty much know when it's time to call me. I mean, I get people that refinance twice a year sometimes. And sometimes people will call unless they put my car in the garage uh, for storage for the winter. You know, so, I mean, people know when to call. Um, and I, I call people, I try to call everybody once a year just to see how things are going and, and what's happening, you know? And, you know, they appreciate the fact that I'm not calling to say, hey, I've got this new, uh, no, right, I, right, I don't right, do right. that, you know? Um, I send out emails to people when I pick up a new product, like I just picked up the, the pet insurance, you know? And the reason that I picked up the pet insurance was that I had one of my customers who had, um, they had three dogs and one of their dogs got cancer. And they ended up spending like, $15,000 on this dog. And, you know, when I tell this story to people, people will say, it's just a dog. People who say that have never had a dog. So they don't know what it's like to have a dog. A dog is a part of your family. And when your dog, you know, is ailing, you know, you'll do everything you can. And you don't even think about what it's going to cost. It's like your child. So, you know, and a, a lot of the insurance companies are, are coming on board with this now. They're finding that People do spend 
a lot of money on their pets. And, you know, pet health insurance, it's just like any health insurance. If you don't have health insurance and you have a heart attack, chances are you're going to be writing a big check um, or filing for bankruptcy if you can't write that big check. So people will write a very, very small check for their for their pet insurance just in case something happens to the dog. Because when you get a, a staring at a $10,000 vet bill, well, that's just... You know, that's, but a, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. It is. But people will pay it because they love that dog. And when I picked up the pet insurance, I did send out an email blast to all my customers, and I got some good response out of it. But, you know, I, I don't harass people when I pick up a new product and try to sell them something new every six Just months. Just make, make them aware of it. Right. Just make people aware of it. But um, So they know. And if, if the situation changes and they buy a dog, they know who to call. And that's one of the things about being in a business for a long time, you've got to, I mean, I've got nearly 900 clients. So people know what I do and they know who to call when they, when they see a changing thing, whether they're buying a house, they don't go, oh, now what do I do? They call me first. And uh, so people, the, the, the need to, to change things, they know they know when they're supposed to call me, and, and they do. Very good, very good. So is there any book or quote or resource that has guided you, you know, through your life? Uh, a quote, yes. One of my favorite quotes is from W.C. Fields. Um, I'd rather have a full bottle in front of me than a full frontal lobotomy. <laughs> I live by that. I live by that. In fact, you have this bourbon here. Here right we now. go. I know. He, he was kind enough to bring in uh, some Woodruff Reserve. Um, it's very, very good. So uh, this is the kind of podcast that I really like and the interview that I like. This is the one-on-one we should have all the time. There's another uh, quote that I like, too. It's, Go for uh, it. Um, I think it's Oscar Wilde said, there's only one thing worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about. Ooh. And that's a, that's a really good thing, that, too. Uh, yeah, it is. the more you're talked about, the more you're front and center of no people's doubt. minds. People so. out there, no right. doubt. So, And then as far as books go, I'd say Green eggs and ham. Green eggs and ham. That's I live my life by. Uh, green eggs ham. I do not like them, Sam. Sam, I, Sam. <laughs> I do not like just green did. eggs and ham. We just took a wrong turn in Albuquerque. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, what is the, what is the one thing that's really got you fired about the future right now? It, you know what it is. It's the uh, it's the networking groups that I've joined and, and, and belong to. I mean, I I really enjoy um, the whole networking thing. It's opened up a whole new world. Of, uh, of new people and you know it's always new people you know we uh, the networking groups they, they're constantly bringing in new people um, who hear about us on the internet they hear about us through word of mouth on the street and uh, referred in by other members and it's just it's it's a never-ending uh, cycle of, of, of new people to meet with and uh, do your one-on-ones with and and uh, you know, it's just, it's it's great to meet these new people. It really is. And, and a lot of them, you know, everyone's got a story. Uh, and I love to hear those stories because you know what? You know, when people say, oh my God, it's it's, it's so tough. I've got to figure out how to do how to do my payroll, how to pay my all my bills on time. And you know, I've been there. Yeah. You know, I've been there 25 years ago, you know, doing all that stuff and worrying, am I going to have enough money to, you know, to pay my rent, you know, on, on, the, on, the, on the office and stuff like that. And then it was like, am I going to have enough money to pay my employees? And, you know, business owners, they lose sleep over this stuff. I've lost sleep over this stuff. And anybody who owns a business is constantly worrying about that. Am I going to have enough money to meet my payroll, to meet my expenses? 
And uh, that's one of the things that motivates people is the fact that they've got to be ready to, at any given moment, to write a check for something that happens. The complete computer blows up. You know, you need a new computer. You need a new printer. You know, you got to have... You got to have uh, money in the in the in the checkbook to pay for that stuff. So that's what motivates people to to get out there and do more work and meet more people because you got to have you know backup funds to to pay for the expenses that runs you know that that runs the machine. You got to feed the beast. Robert, how does someone? How do the the listeners get in touch with you? How do they get a hold of you? Whether it's uh, phone numbers, e- um, don't put your email on there if you want to. That's great. Otherwise, you know, through uh, social media, websites. Well, I have a I have a business uh, website on Facebook. I have a bi- I'm sorry. I have a I have a business Facebook page. Yep. I have a. And uh, what's the name of it? Rfeast. Dot com. Rfeast.com. Right. That's that's your. Uh, that's my website. Website. Rfeast.com. Um, and on Facebook, do you have a Facebook page? Right. You do, you would just type in Robert Feast, Robert Feast. Agency or Robert okay. Feast Insurance Agency, and it would come up. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Okay. Um, but the best way to get a hold of me is probably by phone, the good old-fashioned way, 262-641-0644. I have my business cards out, and, uh, and uh, you know, it, it's always good to have. That's another thing. When you're networking. Make sure you have a good supply of business cards. Yes. Don't be writing your, your phone number down on a cocktail napkin. There's nothing nothing more embarrassing than that. I always have at least, you know, four or five business cards on you wherever you go. Unless you're actually in the pool at the WAC or at something. At the WAC, like that. right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to have your business card, you know, because you, let's not even talk about that. <laughs> All right, we're going to keep this going for a little bit more. Uh, just to let you know that we are recording out of Studio One and Exacta Corp, a sponsor of Local First Podcast. So now it's my turn to kind of, uh, let's see, ask you some questions and have some fun. These are rapid-fire questions, so anything that comes to your mind right off the top of your head, doesn't wrong, there's no right or wrong answer, so. Like our lightning round on, uh, yes. on uh, Fox News. Fox News. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. There you go. The lightning round. I got the lightning round. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I got to watch more TV. Yeah. So, all right, here we go. What, obs- what obsessions do you explore in, in the evenings or weekends now that you have more time and you're not working 24 hours a day? My daughter is on the um, Wisconsin Badgers dance team. So we are going to Madison a lot. She's a freshman there, and she's on the dance team, so we get tickets to the Badger games. And I've been to every Badger game this year at home. I'm sorry. It's been, it's, been, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, though. I, I've never been to a Badger game before, and I was just shocked that is, is, you know, I've never been to a game I'm 85,000 people really every single Saturday you that, know that's, at, a, that's amazing it's amazing yeah, and, and it, what's really amazing is the fact that there's nobody passing out or, or, or acting all crunk and disorderly yeah it's a really it's a really good crowd and, and the students there are really well behaved um, but that's basically what I do now I mean I, I've spent the last probably 14 years traveling around the Midwest for dance competitions with uh, Brookfield Dance Academy when she was doing competitive dance. Uh, and we would go all over from Minnesota to uh, Illinois to Indiana to Ohio for these competitions. Now we just focus on going to Madison. So I'm driving uh, to Madison almost every weekend. Yeah, but, yeah. If not to see the game, then just to see my daughter. Because That's so cool. Yeah. And, and, and she's really loving the whole Madison thing. And it's a great town, you know, I, you know despite... Despite what my 
early misgivings were sending her there to the uh, the liberal haven of, of Madison. Uh, it's really a great place to be. Uh, it's a really a great place to hang out, even as even as an adult and a parent. You know, there's there's plenty of stuff to do out there. Um, so that's basically what, how I spend most of my time is is either working um, and then coming home and just doing the whole uh, husband and wife thing, you know, and and then uh, the weekends are spent up in Madison for the most part. Nice. And I, I still get a chance to see uh, my sons as well and my granddaughter. So family is what's keeping me busy, you know. I mean, That's awesome. Doing all the family stuff. And, and again, business owners can't lose sight of that. Yes. If you got a family you got to spend the time with them because that's the reason you work so that you can take care of your family. And, and family is extremely important, important to me, and, and it always has been. So Cool. All right. So how has a failure, a parent failure, set you up for later success? You know, um, not being prepared. I've lost uh, business because I wasn't prepared. Um, I wasn't prepared for the questions they were going to ask me. Uh, and that was, again, that was in the early years. And, you know, you always make mistakes. And you got to learn from your mistakes and you got to move on and not repeat them. And uh, I, I, like I said, in the early days, I lost a lot of business because I wasn't confident. And people can, people can sense that when you're not confident. You know, and, and if you're not confident and you don't know your, your stuff right away, uh, they sense that and they just... Well, thank you. Uh, we'll look this over and we'll give you a call back next week. That never, happens. never happens. So, no, yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. learn from your mistakes. There you go. Very right. that, those, those are those are very wise words. Any last requests for the audience and any last parting words? Last parting words. Well, as as we talked about early on, uh, I've been building walls of protection around people's family, their home, their auto, their business, and. Uh, Donald Trump came along and, and he had his slogan, you know, make America great again. And uh, I kind of I coined that phrase and I, you know, I, I started saying, I'm making insurance great again. So I have well, my... He's, now he's, you got to visualize this. He's holding a red hat, making insurance great again. Right. And uh, I ordered a whole bunch of them for my customers and I'm handing them out to them. And uh, uh, you're going to see a lot of my customers on my uh, business Facebook page. Um giving a little a brief little 30 second commercial about their business and uh at the end they they basically say and we want to thank robert freeze for making our insurance great again and it's it's a way for me to give back to business owners by giving them free airtime to do their 30 second commercial on my website you know uh and you'll you'll see a lot more of that over the course of the next six months i'm going to get to i'm going to try and do it every two weeks um angela allen from minuteman press did the first one and i'm going to try and get to everybody else and get them on my uh, web page too, and and so people can kind of see, you know, that uh, you know the different businesses that I that I deal with all the time. I, I want them to get a, a little more exposure, and if I can if I can help them in any way to get extra clients or or be a referral source from my book of business onto theirs. You know, I'm more than happy to do that. So That's awesome. I appreciate you being here, Robert. It's been a lot of fun. Um, as always, make sure you check us out on iTunes, uh, localfirstpodcast.com, Facebook. Let's carry this conversation after the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find me by searching Local First Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. 
Also head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave some comments. You also have the opportunity to request to have a guest or topic for Local First Podcast. For any of the books or resources talked about on these episodes, head over to localfirstpodcast.com. Click on the resources tab. I also want to thank Exacta Corp for Studio One. Until next time, it's your host, Rob Kohansky.